going on, everybody? Welcome into the second ever episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. Due to awful circumstances, we have not been able to provide a second episode up until now. Two games in, or two postseason games in, due to uh, computer deficiencies with our links and uh, putting them on Spotify. So that's it's very unfortunate, and sorry about that if you guys have been waiting for our uh, podcast. So here we are. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on? Yeah, uh, good to be back. Uh, unfortunate circumstances happen, but we will get through them, and we're going to launch a great episode. Yeah, we uh, switched computers. Noah and I have the same computer, but we're hoping that with this kind of software we have that his just somehow works better than mine. We're willing to try anything. So here we are. Noah, as we know, we lost yesterday to South Dakota State. We will get into that later. Very, very great, a great game overall. A lot of pros and cons that we'll get into. So we know our season is over, but we will start out with our previous game a week ago, which we ended up doing that night. Our podcast that didn't work was the game against Weber State. We got Weber State in the draw in the first round of the playoffs. We were confident in that game. And uh, we managed to pull out a win, but let's get into the details since we didn't get to right after. So let's get into that, Noah. Yeah, starting out, we got to go to Utah. We went out there a couple days early, got used to elevation. Um, then uh, start the game, I believe we, we won the toss, so we deferred the second half. Uh, they uh, threw, they marched down the field, and they their quarterback threw a very poor decision to a pick in the end zone. zone. So we got that. But our offense couldn't get anything James going. Got the first yes, one. James Caesar caught the first one, picked out the first one. And we, our offense couldn't get anything going, so we went three and out real quick. Went three plays, zero yards. Then they got the ball back. They drove eight plays, sixty-nine yards for a touchdown. So boom, seven nothing. They were up seven nothing real quick. Like then uh, we got the ball back. Stone threw a pick. Then they marched in two plays. They you said it was a uh, on that stone pick. You, uh, explain that because there was a reason for that. Yeah, on Stone's pick, uh, I thought Stone thought everybody. I saw you thought he had a free play. Thought they jumped off sides. So, but Nick Hill said in the post game, in a free play situation, always throw to the outside guy just in case. Stone threw the guy on the on the inside, and they picked it off. So unfortunate there. They, in two plays, scored a touchdown, so boom, right just like that, we were down 14 nothing. So, uh, thinking everything, worst-case scenario at that point. Then we battled back. We cut it to a 14-7 game. Then they scored again, boom, right back down. It's back and forth a lot. Then we made it 21-14. They got the ball back. They threw a pick, and we got a field goal to end the half. So it was 21-17 at halftime, Weber State. We were, got the momentum going into halftime. At that point, Stone was pretty efficient, 11-19 with 150 yards. Did have the pick, but did have the touchdown. So he was looking good at that point. We're really running the ball too well. Justin Strong was leading the way with only 22 yards. But, of course, as we know, as our dynamic duo at receiver, just one of them at that point. Avante had 5 for 85 and a touchdown at that point. So we were looking good. We were only down four. We were thinking, yeah. As long as we kept it close by half, we'll see what happens. Uh, we received the opening half kickoff, and uh, we went three and out. We went three plays, negative six yards, so not a great start to the half. Then uh, they went four, they went on a long drive, 14 plays, 56 yards. They missed a field goal, 
So we got some momentum going, and we went on a drive that we like to see 13 plays, 80 yards for a touchdown. I believe that was, oh, that was the fake field goal attempt. Nico threw it to Cole Stewart, which shout out to Cole, had a rough time getting out there because of COVID testing. And he caught a touchdown, so. So that play, yeah, we, because we were watching on ESPN3, and uh, they showed, because we, we got first and goal, and then we couldn't score. They kept backing us up at the line, backing us up a little bit, keeping us at the line of scrimmage, saying, okay, we'll have to settle for a field goal. And they were showing a highlight of the last play that uh, Weaver State got on defense before we were going to kick the field goal, and it was on replay. Next thing you know, we heard touchdown, so they didn't even show it. Next thing we know, we're catching one. And we go through the ball barely. As soon as it snapped, nobody's even really positioned. It seemed like like Weaver State had no idea what was going to happen. And then he snuck up the sideline, and right there, wide open. It was it was incredible. We knew at that point that maybe something special was going to happen the rest of the way. And that was for the lead. So we took yeah. Yeah, we took a 24-21 lead. Two and a half more. Then they they went three and out. They went three plays, five yards. We get the ball back. They pinned us inside. I believe it was on the six-yard line. And the unfortunate misplayed handoff, I believe, Ramir fumbled, which looking at the replay, we both agreed he was down. His but And his elbow were down. But the officials ruled. There's the officials. We're going to the officials. And Weber State's way. So luckily our defense bucked up, held him a field goal. So that was a 24-24 game. Then we go on a nice, solid drive after that, 11 plays, 48 yards to take a field goal. Nico Dalgoni with a 44-yarder. We can always trust Nico when we need to. They get the ball back. They march down, 7 plays, 77 yards. They take the lead, 31-27 on a 3-yard run by Bronson Barron for a touchdown. next drive was the Jerron Rollins show. It was the Jerron Rollins show. We go 11 plays, 75 yards, which on that drive, we had some, I believe we had a false start that we had a couple penalties move us back, but we kept it going. Then I believe there, it was on a third and 10. They had a personal foul call that kept the drive going a little bit. And then we had the, to a screen pass, and Jerron Rollins, which the rest called him on somebody that doesn't even play, on a crackback block on a screen, which we both looked at it. I mean, by rule, yeah, yeah by rule, by rule, it's the foul. So on the next play, he makes an incredible play, 19 yards, it gets us to the six. Then we call a timeout to make sure we got the right play. Then. Uh, Stone, Matt, the magician, everybody's been calling him, makes a play in the corner of the end zone. Branson Combs with an incredible catch on that drive. All the receivers going to the high point of the ball and getting it instead of waiting it to come down to them. Incredible drive. SIU takes the lead. It's crazy because on that fourth and six, there's so much time to know what they wanted to do. I just remember watching it, and the commercial break was so long. So... A great timeout we used that was like the longest of all time. And then it arguably led to one of the greatest plays in SIU football history. Unbelievable. 
what how far was it? How far was that touchdown? Because uh, we were pretty. I mean, we were probably what the twenty yard line or something. We were pretty far farther back than I expected. And Stone got it and threw it within a couple seconds and found his man. I think it was like an eight yard touchdown. It was only an eight yards. So I yeah. rolled out pretty far. It, it was, seemed like a lot further than it was. But see, it was confusing on the broadcast. It was. It ended up being fourth and six from the eight, but the broadcast was showing first down, so me and Nick were kind of confused, but ended up going in our way. Then they got the ball. They did a little marching, but uh, Raekwon Winsley right there, Lindsay. Lindsay, makes a play, our only sack of the game to end the ball game, and we upset Weber State in Utah. Some yeah. uh, key points of that game. Stone was 21 of 34 for 264 and two touchdowns. Avante Cox led the way, six for 120 and a touchdown. SIU was five of five in the red zone compared to Weber State's four of six. So really good there. Then I know they they started out six for six on third down conversions. The rest of the way, we made some adjustments. They were one of five the rest of the way, so that really turned the point for our defense. Weren't they? Uh, they were clearly undefeated. Didn't they have like an eleven-game win streak at home or something? Yes. Incredible. So I mean, you know, as we know of our incredible wins at home this year, and we went on the road a couple times and got beat, but we came up biggest when it mattered most in the playoffs on the road. So that was our third top five win of the season, and. Uh, just an incredible that final play will live forever in SIU history. Um, like we didn't really run the ball, so we didn't have Javon in this game because in the Southeast we were using any game, uh, suffered a concussion that we didn't even know about. So we knew halfway through the week that he wasn't going to play. Maybe even the day of or day before, we found out he wasn't going to play. So we still got the job done. You know, we we hate these close games, but of course in the playoffs it's going to happen. Uh, uh, yeah, like we said, Lindsey was the only sack of the game, so our guys stepped up strong. We know Bryson and Bryce led the way with tackles in that game. So an overall great finish by the defense in that game. So that was our first win as a team in the playoffs in 12 years. Uh, so we realized that getting back, especially doing all of this on the road, how huge that was. And with all the comments in the world, we're pumped. We're on the national level. Everybody's saying how big of an upset it was. We're moving on, and we know we face the number one team in the country, South Dakota State, who just came off the Missouri Valley uh, championship, beating North Dakota State at the Fargo Dome at the end of the season to solidify that. And they beat uh, Holy, Holy Cross Holy Cross in the first round. So we go into their place. Uh, have not, we almost won there two years ago, if I believe. And we wanted revenge on the big time end from the 44-3 stomping we took. So now let's get into the game. That will also live forever, even though it was an L. It will live forever. Yeah, going into that game, uh, we knew Mark Gronowski, freshman quarterback. I believe he won multiple. He won player of the year in the conference. He won freshman of the year, newcomer. You name it, he won it. And they had freshman Isaiah Davis pounding the ball. They had Pierre Strong, who's solid, has a probably a bright future in the NFL. They, I believe they almost ran, they framed for almost 400 yards against us the first time. So we knew our defense was have to be mentally prepared so and ready to go. Sort of, uh, let's mention Nick Hill's keys to the game before the game, and then we'll talk about if we covered all that at the end. What, what, what were they? Do you remember? I believe do they were allow. they were uh, do not allow big plays on the special teams. Keep them under 200 yards rushing, that and almost impossible. Which. After running for 400 last time, then the other one was uh, 
I forget. Uh, win the turnover battle. Winning turnovers. Which we didn't really. We'll get into that. We didn't really turn it over too much. Winning turnover battle. Winning turnover battle. Special teams. Big plays. And keeping them under 200 yards rushing. So we can show up the game again, just like Weaver State. And we knew, you know, hopefully getting a stop to start the game would be very important because we know how great our offense is and has been all year. So we got the ball first, and they go down in how many plays? Five plays, 60 yards, I believe. Um, they had a, like a 15-yard kickoff return because we pooched it the first time, and they almost started at midfield, so it wasn't great. And they go five plays with ease and go up 7 nothing with, say, in two minutes, two minutes and 40 seconds, I believe. So at that point, we said, okay, it's going to be another dog fight. Then so all, when we get the ball, we go ahead, Noah. Our, uh, our offense does what we want them to do. They go on an 11-play, five-minute drive, 75 yards, we go on the one-yard line. We go to a little big man package, Xavion Furcon, right up the middle for a touchdown. And right before that was the uh, – we get Javon back, and he comes in and throws the ball. And we're like, okay, he's got a strong arm, as we know. Comes in and darts a pass to Landon Lenore up the sideline. But we thought he got in. They didn't call it, obviously. <clears throat> uh, they called him out. Did not call it a touchdown, so we had a feel, okay, let's look at review, and he was down, unfortunately, but it was an incredible catch that he made. So that play got us to the goal line, and then shortly after that, yeah, Zavion, who got his first handoff of his career, I believe. We know he was a defensive tackle or nose tackle to start his career and moved to guard on the offensive line. So this is the first time he's probably touched the ball on offense, and it worked this time, and we'll find out if, because they tried it again, we'll talk about if that worked or not the next time. So... Seven to seven, we knew we matched them right away, and we thought, okay, yeah, we're in for one here. We gotta hope, hope our defense can get us one stop. That's what we were saying at the beginning of the game: is our defense can get us one stop because we didn't know if they could stop us. One stop at a time. So let's get into the next. Then they go on a nice little five-minute drive, eleven plays, forty-four yards, but their kicker misses a forty-eight-yard field goal. So we we thought right then and there, okay, we must take advantage of this. We must go down, get some kind of points on the board. Well, we go on a three plays, don't gain a yard on that drive, and do not score. Do a hold, a hold on Zebion right after his touchdown. He got a couple in that game, but this was his first one that halted that uh, the momentum of that drive, even though, yeah, we weren't really getting anywhere uh, after a huge stop after the missed field goal. But, uh, and we weren't really running the ball at all. We were running it straight up the gut. We thought they should run to the outside, get a little something else going, because we know we've been running up the gut all season. Wasn't working at all, so we were, <clears throat> we knew that drive was crap, and the, uh, and the, uh, hold didn't do us any good. So then the Jackrabbits got it back on their third drive. Yeah, on their third drive, I believe they started that. It'd be the, that was around 7 7, end of the first quarter. They got the ball back. We, our defense steps up big time. I believe they had a false start penalty on that drive, and they go three and out, and our our offense gets the ball back. But at that point, though, we were saying that make them throw the ball because we saw games before that and even against us that Gronowski 
obviously we know he could throw the ball, but they were obviously a running team. If we make them throw, he was only throwing for barely 100 yards a game in his last probably month or a little bit. So we knew that if we make them throw, that we would have a great chance. And at that point, they weren't throwing it very well besides the the first drive where they connected on that touchdown. Other than that, I think at this point right here, he threw maybe four or five times so far. They were just running it, running it straight down our throats. So, yeah, that was a huge stop. We knew at that point, make them throw the ball. Unbelievable. On on their punt, Javon got a good good return, got us to midfield. He goes on a four-yard run. Stone goes for 10 yards. Ramirez for eight yards. Then Stone... He goes for six yards, but they throw a penalty in the middle of the field. I thought it was going to be another holding call. They called a face mask on them. So that's a half the distance to the goal. So then we got on the 11. Then we run the – we hand off to Romir on a jet sweep, and he reverses it to Avante for a touchdown. We take the 14-7 to lead. Five-play, 50-yard drive. And it was great to see Stone at that point. As soon as he knew he was going to get pressure, he just broke that play up immediately and started running, which kept the kept the drive alive, which is what we knew Stone could do very well. So really glad that he had that in his arsenal to start the game. So he had a five-yard, 50-play drive. And, we, yeah, we took the lead, and we were thinking, okay, yeah, that was a great little five minutes that we had right there, so let's keep it going. We had a momentum going right there then. They go three and out once again. I believe they had a false start on that one. No, they had a delay of game. At that point, we knew they were a little rattled and not settled into the game. Freshman quarterback. Freshman quarterback. Second start in the playoffs. They needed – they hadn't settled really in yet. So they – so that – I believe that was towards the end of the half. Then – we go on a, we get the ball back seven plays, 53 yards. We get a, we settle for a field goal, which I know Nick Hill said in his post game towards the end of the first half. Maybe could have gone for it, but he wanted to get some points on the board and say, and just to make his guys feel a little momentum going into halftime, take the points, not risk it there. He said he could have went for it, but. He felt like he needed to take the points when they when we could. Yeah, that was the correct choice. We went up by 13 at that point, saying, yeah, well, as long as we don't give anything up at the end of the half, which we did, of course, but going into halftime with having the ball, there it, it was tough for them to stop us at that point that we could gain more points and keep keep it going from there. Not to mention right before that, of course, before we kicked the field goal, that Javon had another deep ball to land in for 35 yards, which those two were connected. Landon was catching almost anything at that point. And... Uh, so, yeah, and then we get on defense. I don't even know how much time is left. Uh, maybe under, under seven there. Maybe seven minutes. Or right before the half. Oh, right before the half. Uh, they actually, after we... Barely a minute. Yeah, we got the... Before we got the field goal, they had a turnovers on down on, like, our 40-yard line. I think it was 39. Then we get another field goal... To make it a 20-7 to seven point lead, we go eight plays, 45 yards. Then one of the keys of the game, we I kept saying to Nick, why with the boot of Nico Galdoni, why are we kicking to Isaiah Davis? And they he makes a return of 50 yards, and they make, I believe, a, they run a little corner route or something with Bryson on the running back, he got in the middle of him, and he was gone, and they get a field goal right before the half. Which, right before they got a field goal, they almost threw a pick. Uh, 
I believe it was Caesar almost picked it off one-handed. It was kind of a almost a risky throw, but Caesar could not hold on. And we did struggle with doing that this season, holding on to interceptions that would have changed a lot of stuff along the way this season. So they go three three plays, thirty-one yards, twenty-two seconds. They get a field goal, get some momentum going to halftime. But we thought, hey, we're up ten points at halftime on the number one team. We have all the confidence in the world going into the second half, which we won the toss. So like we said, we deferred. So we were getting the ball first to start the half. Let's mention real fast because I know before that, before we got our field goal and then allowed them to kick a field goal, that uh, P.J. Jules on a fourth and four broke up a play. It was nice to see him out there. We were we know his talent. We were looking forward to him being out there, and we knew he was going to be. So he made his mark right before the half. And we're looking forward to bigger and better things for him in the fall. So, yeah, sorry. Heading into half, heading out of half. This is the Jerron Rollins show again, wasn't it? Yep. Jerron Rollins got going. Justin Strong got a little going. A little bit going. And to mention, I believe it was during one of our final drives, uh, Romero Elliott got shaken up. So, I believe he didn't play the second half. No, it looked like he was, he was nursing his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Really like a dead arm or who knows we haven't, we haven't heard anything we today. didn't we didn't see him the rest of the game i believe the second half though but uh we we wasted a couple we wasted a timeout on that drive it was third and ten then when it was fourth and six and we went for it on their 34 yard line which we could uh believe that's when stone was picked off on this throw which I don't know if it was that situation of if you were going to go for this and we're just if they pick it off, they pick it off. It'd be kind of like a punt, like a punt, a yeah. punt pass. But uh, and it sucked because we uh, we used one of our early timeouts, which we didn't like doing. So that's why we ended up going for it because Nick called his timeout at one point, and we figured out what we wanted to do. But the play clock kept dwindling down every single time, so we knew we had to snap it. It was kind of forced, but like, yeah, a punt. Pretty much like a punt, even though we feel like we could have had a better play on it. Uh, it was to Avante Cox, and they got right in front of it and picked it off. Then, that, then at that point, this is when Mark Ganowski, the player of the year, got going. He uh, took off with his legs. He had three runs on that drive. I believe they went quick four plays, 80 yards, two-minute drive for a touchdown to cut it to a 20-17 to point lead. And then SLU gets the ball back. Here we are. We march right downfield. Do you have specifics of play-by-play before the big thing happened? How we got downfield? Uh, yes, I do. I believe uh, we got our run game a little bit going, but uh, we had some passes to Avante. We had the pass interference on Avante that got us closer. Then we had a couple passes to Vaughn. Then we had a... We had Javon going, so we got close by the passing game and Stone using his legs a little bit and Javon getting his thing going, and you have the big play. And we knew that Javon had to be huge in the second half, as we know he would have. He's one of the best players on the team. And he was sharp. They were handing to him because barely because we've had Romero and we've had Justin that we haven't had to directly hand the ball off to Javon out of the backfield all season, but we did because we knew Romero was hurt, which honestly you might have been the difference as well, Romero being hurt. But... Uh, Javon gets a handoff, and this dude finds room down the sideline, 
and gets a touchdown. We figured that he did. It looked like he did, got straight in, got kind of spun spun around near the sideline by a defender. And we're thinking, okay, now now we get a what would it have been? It would have been First a ten point lead. Uh, yes, it been comfortable ten point lead at this time. And this was at the no idea. Near the end of the third quarter. Yeah, the end of the third quarter. Yep. We're thinking that Javon scores. And then the ref says that he was he was out of the one yard line, maybe they didn't even have the right spot. Because we looked at the replay and if his foot was out of bounds, it was at the half yard line ish. So they say he was they say he was out of bounds. We clearly saw him get in the end zone. Everybody's talking about it. And there really wasn't an argument from Nick Hill or anybody. I did see Javon like a couple plays later, and we did make, we did go to the line of scrimmage and start a play too fast. I don't think Nick was aware of what was going on. He just figured it was okay, whatever, we'll score here. But we didn't come to find out that, I, like I said, I did see Javon complaining to a ref. It looked like at a certain camera angle, and the ref was telling him to hide down and go to the sideline. So it looks like it was just him that was worried about it that we saw on TV. Maybe they were otherwise. Apparently Nick wasn't, which was just so unfortunate because we know he got in the end zone and they said he was down. I would love to see another angle. We only have one angle apparently, which is the main angle. But which that's that's that playing at this level in the FCS, we don't have all the angles as everybody else, which still doesn't make an excuse. They should have more than one angle that we should be able to see. We would have maybe if they did review it, but of course they didn't. And come to find out that, that was the difference. It would have just not only because a lot of pros and cons of the game, but the fact that we uh, had, would have had a ten-point lead going in the fourth quarter. That would have been humongous momentum's on our side. But then we end up not scoring. We end up having four more plays and not getting anything in it. On the fourth and one or fourth and, and, one, and half yard and line, we went with Xavion. Same play call. He just could not. There up the middle, they're slanting, whatever they done, really stuffed us all night up the middle. Yeah, we had nothing. As soon as Zebion got hit, he couldn't move with the ball. Obviously. He just could not. Like he was breaking the plane or not. He, no, if he would have stretched the ball out, he would have scored, but there's just, he, he couldn't. He had that in his brain. Which, think about. I guess I'm okay with the play goal, but I'd rather try something else there, but it worked the first time with ease, so we thought we could do it again. It's almost like they knew it was coming. But then you also you watch a rerun of that play. Excuse me. And honestly, if they were they would have known that they were focused on Xavier that they could have faked the handoff and pitched it to Devon because he was wide open for the touchdown if he if he had it there. So very unfortunate. We knew that was going to swing the game as well. There were a lot more things that happened after that, but we ended up not getting in and they missed the touchdown, which mattered. And the fact that they didn't review it, that's on the FCS. That's on us for not, I guess, wanting it. People should have been more aware, like us fans watching on TV. But you would, I think if you were to challenge it or whatever, might it, maybe with us using the early timeout already, didn't want to lose another if he missed, if they was wrong. So I guess I could understand that as part of the game. Yeah, there was a play also that we thought we were going to have to lose our, uh, I forgot what they were reviewing. But we thought we would have to burn our second time out. We didn't have to. They did a review on something. It was the Jerron play on the sideline where he made a great play to get upfield, made this guy go by him, and they called him out of bounds, but they original they went and reviewed and it, and we got, got a first, first down out. Right. So we thought we had a timeout there, but they reviewed it. So after that, getting stopped, Xavion at the one. That was pretty much the Mark Ganowski show from then on out. 
He broke a 67-yard run where Bryson Strong missed a tackle. Our defense missed a lot of tackling this this season and definitely in this game. Hard to bring down guys like that at this level, but he broke a 67-yard run. That took a 31, no, 24-20 lead. Then we get the ball back, and that's when on third and two, we try a, I believe it was in wild, Wildcat, a reverse play, which we run a lot. We go through these, just a mishandled fumble by Javon, the exchange to him and Landon. Wasn't it right before that, though, they also, they missed, was it that drive? They missed the stone targeting. They, they didn't review it, that one of their guys came up and hit him right in the chin, and he kind of faked dead at the very end. And he ended up bleeding, showing the record he, he was bleeding. He kind of played it off, but it was a text. It was a textbook targeting call, which they did. They said it was fine, which the announcers agreed Crying with. The helmet. I, mean, I didn't. I uh, just. So they blew two calls that could have been game changing. Could have kept that drive alive, and obviously Javon's touchdown. So. So, yeah, you, you mentioned the fumble. It was one of the usual plays we always did, and they kind of said it was something that they'd been working on in practice, but they didn't do a whole lot, but they knew they had a chance of doing it because they've been doing ones like that all season long, and it was just miscommunication. Javon honestly didn't know if he wanted to. It kind of broke off. Javon wanted to run it last second, flipped it to land, and flipped it behind him, and they recovered. And we thought that was the... I think the play developed a little too quickly, trying to happen too quickly if they would have had a little bit... If Javon would have taken a little bit more time, it would have worked perfectly. Landon might have scored on the play. He was wide open, yeah. He, had a, he, had a, uh, he was wide open on the sideline. It was a well-designed play, just execution, which Nick Hill talked about in the postgame. We just did execute on some plays during the game. So credit to South Dakota State for stopping us, and they go on, and they take a 31-20 lead when they take a four-play, 43-yard drive, and they go up 11, which at that point, we could have given up. We could have quit and said, oh, let's roll over. Let's just – they beat us. It's whatever. We did not, did we? There was only seven minutes left in the game. We knew we'd get the ball back. We knew we could score fast. So, no, there was definitely no give up. The team's gone through so much to get to this point, this point in the playoffs, quarterfinals, that we knew they were going to give up, even though we thought it was bleak at that point after a big turnover like that. Trying to hold new field goal didn't work out. So then we get the ball and score pretty quickly, right? I mean, Landon, I mean, do you have play-by-play? We'll get to the last play. Yeah, it was five plays, 65 yards, a minute and a half. Uh... We had Stone rush for 11. He used his feet. Justin Strong for three yards, and I Justin Strong for a pass for four yards, then a pass to 16 yards for to Avante. Then we had Landon's big play. I honestly didn't think in real time didn't think he caught it, but since there was a flag that we managed to reel it in, sell it. The fact that he did, I'm pretty sure he did catch it. Yeah, he like caught first it. First glance, it didn't look like it, but he did. So Landon coming up big, huge again. Then we go for two, and we failed on the two point conversion, which we said at Stone. Uh, kind of didn't make the best throw, but we thought Landon was going to bail him out there, and Landon couldn't hold on to it, which would have made it a three-point Kind of game. low throw, but that would have made it a field goal game. So they get the ball back, and questionable decision, I believe it was second down. They decided to run a play-action pass, and we swallow 
up there quarterback for loss of 10 yards or more and on the sack right on a sack yes it was a sack by it was a bunch of players burner was there bryson strong was there we had a bunch of guys there uh so then yeah uh that happens we get the ball back with about two and a half minutes maybe tops which after last week's game we thought okay we can we can do this this is our demeanor this is what we're made for our guys step step up on big time plays and uh we go 10 plays but uh at the end, we managed to get yardage, and you know, we found our way to the middle of the field, found our way near the red zone. But we knew we were down by five. We had to get a touchdown going, and time was on our side. We took a long time to get to the line of scrimmage. We were kind of frustrated with that. Didn't know what Nick was doing there because we had, what, one timeout left or something. We yeah, we had one timeout. Yeah, we notched a lot of time off the clock and then finally called it, but we didn't get enough And at that point, and then – and then the final play, Stone finds his way, sees Landon. I don't know how much time was there, barely any time. Like 19 seconds. 19 seconds. Saw Landon, threw it kind of behind him, and they picked it up. Kind of kind of behind him, kind of overthrew him, and Michael Griffin, their safety, makes a play. and I had a feeling of Landon maybe. I mean, he was kind of far behind him. I feel like he maybe could have made a point on the ball, but I mean, that's tough. Tough to say, I guess. But we were talking him all, like, game. He had an incredible game, so they kind of figured it was happening. It happened, so... Looking back on it overall, like we said, the missed tackling, the uh, inability to stop them overall. They had a really good offensive line. Uh, but we knew. We had this game. We feel like we had this game won. Up by 10.5. Should have been maybe 13. But we feel like we did so many things right in this game. To end up losing, that was just really heartbreaking in, in certain ways. Missed calls or, like we said, the missed tackling. It's just it's very frustrating that – well, but we would have rather much I'd rather have a game like this than get killed like we did against them at our own place. A lot of fans, I don't know how many fans they said, 50% capacity, I think they said. So we honestly got better as the crowds got bigger in the playoffs. Shout out to all the SLU fans that made the trip. I know they had a tailgate before the game. I'm sure when we went up, when we took the lead in the first quarter there, I think Nick Hill mentioned in, in the post game that their fans and their sideline was probably like, well, why are their chants louder than ours? Because cool, our SRU fans show out, and we so much how much love we put this football team, and just good to see. I can't wait till this fall. Hopefully, COVID breaks and we can pack that stadium. Yeah, it's just it, it definitely was a heartbreaker in that game. We thought we were definitely just as good of a team or better last night to be able to move on to face Delaware because Delaware had knocked off. Uh, State. No, they knocked off Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, who lost their quarterback in the first quarter or something. Yeah, and they only managed to lose barely within a touchdown, I think. So we would have definitely loved our matchup in the semifinals. Knowing that it, it, it just stinks. That's bottom line. Uh, but we, we knew we had some support along the way. Jeremy Chin was tweeting. The great Jeremy Trim. Chin was tweeting about us, saying how, how proud of the team he was, regardless of the game and a, a season. Uh, we had some groups like Ethan Tyler said, now it's time to work. And Reddit, we mentioned Reddit, so we were the only ones who knew they missed the Javon touchdown, was tweeting how much they missed it, and how we lost by five, and it wasn't reviewed, blah, 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 and we knew that. But uh, incredible season. I mean, we're, this team didn't have many spurts of COVID at all. If anything, they were at the very beginning, and we got two games canceled. 
you know, we fight through this entire season of 100 plus testing. Nick Hill said last week, and it was even more in this in this uh, past week, just how much sacrifice the players and all the team made to get to this point, and that any team could have gave up or gave up on the season or canceled their season. But we know we didn't have much COVID, so we weren't going to do that. And for this team to get that far with all of this COVID stuff in front of them to do, it was really remarkable in all-time seasons. Look at football. We're really proud of those guys. Uh, definitely a challenging year. Uh, and Nick said in the post-game that most of these guys are coming back, if not all. They all want to come back. And we, we've been seeing people tweet about how ready they are for the fall already. And we knew that <clears throat> we had one postseason win. We almost had another moving on that how close that this team is, this football program is, to uh, getting to where we want to be and competing for national championships. And uh, we were building blocks, building blocks, steady building blocks so far in this past season because we knew with the recent NFL success, we have a lot of guys going and doing great things up there. And then now posting success that uh, we feel like SA football is in the best spot it's ever been, arguably, besides in the 80s, if you count that. So... We're really excited for the fall. Uh, like we said, shout out to the players and coaches and everybody for making it happen. Liz Jarnick and for scheduling that Southeast Louisiana again because we didn't have that, we don't get in. So, and none of this even happened. So, really proud of this team, proud they fought this, this past season. And uh, we know, uh, looking forward to so let's Let's look at some players' tweets. Actually, in the, in the, in the last hour here on this Monday, what we know our head coach Nick Hill tweeted, quote, don't have the words or enough characters in a tweet to really say how much I love our players. This game is about them, period. Resilient group, the maturity and leadership was at an all-time high. Thank you, Salute Nation, for making your presence felt. James Caesar had an incredible season in his first year back uh, from Ferris State. Showed out, really. He was beyond thankful for the opportunity to play with this team. He said, quote, I promise we'll be back. The process continues. So... That gives away one that we know is coming back. Zavion, who this, who we said the season was for, we know, we know he's been through a lot of heartbreak in this past year or so or more than that, and we knew the season was for him. And he did get a touchdown this game, and he's coming back as well. He said, I love this team. I love Salute Nation. We'll be back better. Who else? Dante Cleveland, who we didn't have. We'll have him in the fall. He said, couldn't agree. More work to be done. Um... Stone, of course, if we didn't have Stone, who knows what, we, what happens if Baker and Karade don't get hurt, who knows, because Stone was able to make things happen. He said, tough one, these guys are awesome. Hopefully he made Super Nation proud. Luke Eagling, we know he won't return in the fall. He's one of the few that will not. Uh, he said, nothing but love for my guys. Thanks for all the support this spring. Super Nation dogs will be back. We have to agree, you know what you say? Have to agree. Uh, and I will also, I know you just mentioned Luke that he might not be back. I know for a fact that Matt, he did not play in this game, but got hurt last week. Matt Chimileski, our right guard, he is not returning, I believe. But other than those two, which I'm not sure Luke is 100% out, but I know Matt is. But everybody should be back, and we have some key pieces coming in, and we still are on the transfer watch. Yes, we are. So if we didn't think this year was the year, and a lot of, like you said, hopefully COVID's by the wayside by the fall. People keep getting the vaccinations. and We haven't had many issues with that recently. So we're really looking forward to the fall. We think it'll even be even better than it was this season. We don't know what the quarterback's going to look like. Stone 
we know Stone definitely deserved to be QB1 going into next year with the way he finished this game. Uh, so that'll be a battle maybe for the starting quarterback, but all of our skill positions are back. Our defense, which we're really high on, had ups and downs this season, will be even better. Adding guys, we know our top two recruits are on the defensive side. Whether they play or not, we think they're capable. Uh, Lewis Wilbert and Leviticus McCaffrey, hoping those guys can come in along with their other guys. So let's get a uh, quick update because I know we mentioned it on the first episode of where we are on the transfers. Have we added any or any new ones we've talked about? Or any of them that have also gone somewhere else potentially? Uh, the last time we talked, I believe uh, we had offered a DB from Wisconsin, a Wisconsin transfer, Reggie Pearsons. He's headed to Texas Tech, so. We are out on him, but the last time we talked, I think we've offered a couple guys. I believe we, not sure if we mentioned him last time on the, sh- on we did retweet him on our account. Yeah, we did retweet him, but uh, Colby Campbell, he's a linebacker from Presbyterian. He's an All-American, so he would be a huge add to this dangerous defense. Then we offered a DB, a Western Carolina grad transfer, Donovan Spencer. We have offered him. We offered recently from UT Martin transfer defensive tackle Cam Bowdry, which I know we had some issues in the D-line, so depth there would be huge. And I believe the most recent one would be Western Carolina transfer offensive lineman Isaiah Helms. We offered him in the portal. And I know we've had a guys on campus the last couple of weeks, I believe, of FBS transfers and stuff. And I know from sources that – I don't know who it is. I don't know when he'll announce it, but we have a quarterback coming in, a FBS transfer. So we have another quarterback to add to the room with the Stone Nortons already sitting out coming in and uh, Jacob Foss, the freshman, coming in. Along with the other guys, even behind the Knicks and the Correys and the Stones on the team now, uh, Zabrowski. Yeah, Zabrowski. The one who's calling all the plays, and then we know that DeVries is still here. So we have about 10 quarterbacks on the roster. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm glad, which Stone deserved it. Like I said, he's QB1. As I'm, as far as we're both concerned, going the next season, he deserved it. But we'll see. You know, anything can happen. Injuries happen. We know, as we know, that we didn't have guys in this game, which we easily we feel like could have won this game. So we know injuries are part of football. We didn't have guys. If we were at full strength in this game, who knows what could have happened. So we had those. So all in all, we deserve as we uh, SIU show that they belong at this time of season. And even cutting the – they cut the uh, postseason uh, total in half. So just imagine once they get the full amount back that we're hoping that we can have consistent appearances in the playoffs this year. We are in the tough conference, but, you know, new guys come in and out every year. So we deserve to be here. That's for damn sure. So It does show they put – with cutting it down from 24 to 16 – they put five in. They put five Valley teams in sixteen. So, could it go to six during the tw- if we have twenty four? I know a couple conferences. I believe the Ivy League opted out, but full strength. Could we get five or six teams within twenty four? Absolutely, knowing this conference, because we know we know who got left out right on the brink. We know you and I was a little bit down. Youngstown's down. Illinois State had some opt outs and stuff. Then we know we we had. Indiana State opt out early of the year. We don't know what would happen with them if they would have had a shot. But with this conference, and we know we have what it takes to compete for years to come, we will be back 
and we're sure and we, I'm so excited for this fall. Very excited. Uh, we know who we got coming in potentially, and just in the grand scheme of this, we know they will ride this wave this season. We know we're not finished. We've, we've seen all these guys tweeting how we're not we're not finished. We want more. So, like, yeah, we are very excited for the fall. Um, we know Nick Hill will do whatever it takes to make sure his team is ready. Come the SEMO game again, first game of the fall. First game. For the War of the Wheel once again. We will have another podcast at some point to update the offseason on guys that we get. Hopefully our technology works this go-around. Uh, incredible season, incredible spring season that we had. Backs against the wall, COVID, and we get as far as we did and could have easily gone to the semifinals. So proud of this group, Noah, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, and hopefully by the fall, maybe, I know after the fall, Nick Hill's contract's up. We have an extension. I know in the pregame, Liz Jarnigan in the cornering the AD, they were talking about uh, Carrie Blaylock, the softball coach, how long she would stay around, and if Liz says it was up to her as long as possible, and she said the same thing about Nick, that with this, with him being playing here, knows how Southern Illinois is and knows what it takes now to win here that – she she doesn't see as long as he wants to be here, which we know he wants to be here. He should he can be here as long as he wants. So I believe by the fall there'll be an extension. He has as many wins in the last two seasons as he did the first four. So safe to say he's turned it around and getting the playoffs and almost having two wins and it solidifies this. So we know Nick deserves every bit of a contract extension. So we know football's on the rise. We're hoping because we do host the Dogs Basketball Podcast that that'll get going in the offseason as well. It is crazy to think that we will get another football season before we get a basketball season. Uh, we're looking forward, hoping, because we know how good baseball and softball is, that all these, that the whole, uh, SIU as a school keeps developing and proves into being a powerhouse like we know it was back in the day. So we know football is headed that direction now. Can't wait for the fall. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. This is the Dogs Football Podcast. Keep up with our account. Also, Suzuki underscore FB for more information. If you want to uh, provide us with more things to talk about, if you think we need to talk about more things, feel free to DM us or comment on whenever we post this thing on Spotify. So, until next time, go Dogs.